rolling along here. This is Digital Podcaster. My name is Dylan Schmidt. I am super glad you are here today. I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good wherever you are. Just a quick reminder, you might be tuning in for the first time, so I got to say real quick, you're listening to a part of a series where I podcast every day for the month of May to keep the imposter syndrome at bay. Disclaimer, I don't exactly have imposter syndrome when it comes to podcasting, or maybe I'm just refusing to admit it. Maybe I do. This isn't a therapy session. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Although, you know, I do find actually a lot of people uh, say when (laughs) when uh, I'm looking on like Facebook groups or or all over the Web, um, which is actually related to today's topic, uh, how to find trends for your content. um, I do find (laughs) a lot of people say, um, you know, I would say if I had to put a number on it and this is not a scientific number, I would say I bet about five, 10, 15 percent of the time. I see people's reason for starting a podcast is that they, uh, one, actually therapists will sometimes recommend starting a podcast. Um, you got to be careful with what information you're including in your podcast because it's a public piece of media. So you don't want to call out anybody that didn't ask to be in your podcast. Um, got to be mindful of that. But really, they say they started their podcast as a form of therapy. So I find that interesting. Um, there's a total angle there that I am not going down uh, in digital podcaster one day, probably not, um, which is like, podcasting and therapy as a form of therapy. Um, I'm just not qualified to talk about that. And I got to stay in my scope, which is content. And that's what we're talking about today of how to find trends for your content, Uh, because staying on the cutting edge is very important. And when I was starting out with Digital Podcaster, I felt an anxiety or afraid that I would be talking about old news. Like I would be talking about something that was relevant years ago, or there would be some other like professional, even though I was a, am a professional was, was back then too. Uh, but I felt like someone would be like, what? They'd call me out for saying something I'm wrong, you know, or that, Oh, that's old news. Oh, you actually don't know about this app. I know about this podcasting app. Let me tell you about this, which you know, what still happens. And the more the, I would say the Uh, bigger your audience grows, the more voices there are out there that will tell you you're wrong or they're not necessarily that you're wrong, but they'll tell you that there's something better. There's always a better app. And that, and that is funny because looking at from a podcast perspective, people will always be like, there's a better microphone. There is a better setting. So I use, um, this microphone is plugged into a thing called a Rodecaster Pro and the Rodecaster Pro is essentially like those mixing boards where you see with like the knobs and volume faders, they call them faders. Uh, but it's this cool little piece of gear that I plug into then my computer and it makes, it makes the microphone work with my computer. And, uh, but there's like set so many settings deep inside the roadcaster, the thing that my microphone's plugged into. There's so many settings and I could sit there and tweak it all day and perfect all this and that at the end of the day, like there's someone on YouTube or there's, there's people out there that have better settings than me. Probably the room could be some, there's always ways to improve something. And I just find it fascinating though, as creators, as marketers, as online business owners, whether you're, whatever you're trying to do to improve what, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you always want to be on the cutting edge because uh, staying on the cutting edge is how you innovate. It's how you improve what it is that you're doing. And it's important to be seen uh, as someone who's on the cutting edge, if you want to be an expert, if you want to be an authority in your industry. Um, and I'm going to share with you just some resources to use for your benefit. Um, 
that will help you stay on the cutting edge and, and how to find trends for your content. And the secret, top secret one I will share is one I have found through trial and error, but is absolutely the best. And it doesn't require being some type of technical wizard. None of these actually do. Uh, so there's a few uh, suggestions here. Some of them are more obvious and some of them are more soft skills relationship. All right. So number one is observing your competition. Number one, like if you've got to find someone in your space, even if they, you know, they got to, everyone has competition. Even if you're Tesla, who's, you know, doing this uh, electric car thing and, and they seemingly are on the so far ahead of others when it comes to electric cars and things like that, but they still have competition and they're still observing that competition, whether we hear about that in the news or not. And you know, you don't have to be a car maker to observe your competition and see what they're doing. We get so wrapped up in consuming when it comes content wise, we get like lost in the sauce. We get lost in the magic of observing our competition's content that we forget that they are human just like us. And they have a lot of the similar um, access to things that we do. Um, and so there's not like an elite group of content creators that have an unlocked cheat code necessarily, even if they had more money, that doesn't always mean that their content is, is, you know, the money and content are related. Um, you know, so I say that because you got to observe your competition and see what they're doing. Like if they're doing something that's successful that you can tell is successful, what is it? Make a list of it, note it, but don't get lost in the watching that you actually forget to then implement and innovate and, um, spot those trends. And then another thing to do is, is step back. So that's kind of like observing your competition is, yeah, you're kind of, you're going to take a step back and observe, but for this next suggestion, I would suggest um, stepping back even a little bit more and thinking long-term, like what, what are you seeing that happened before chronologically? What, what happened before in your industry and what is happening now and where do you think it's going? You can make predictions. Um, that's part of innovating is making predictions and then acting on certain things. And, you know, you want to make calculated decisions, but you want to make, if you're going to be innovating and growing and things like that, you, and if you want to be on the cutting edge and you want to find trends, you're going to have to act on some hunches. And when you observe what happened long-term in like in the past and long-term might be, you know, depending on your industry, it might only be five, 10 years or maybe less. Then you also want to, you know, look at again, where you're at now and where you want to go five, 10, 15, 20 years in the future. You know, typically when it comes to content, five years is a long time in the future to think because we didn't have TikTok like we have it now. Five years ago, I uh, don't TikTok was a thing, but it wasn't as as it is today, which is funny because like five years ago, I believe it was around five years ago. I had an interview with TikTok to do some work with them and I don't remember that I knew what TikTok was. <laughs> I don't like remember. And it's kind of funny to think like uh, I was applying there, but I, I didn't know a lot about it because it wasn't as big as it was uh, as big as it is now. Uh, and then also to spot trends, this is a tactile, tactical one, but it's super obvious. And somehow we all forget it. I forget it too. I forget it all the time. And then every time I remember, I go, oh yeah, let me run to Google. So when you've Googled stuff, we've all, we all do. Um, when you Google something at the top, there is like the search results, which I think is just under all. And then there is uh, images tab. 
right in between those little tabs at the top where you can search images, there's a news button. And when you click news, it will show you the latest news around your uh, industry or whatever it is you search. So for digital podcaster, if I was just typed in podcasting and I hit news, it's going to give me the top news. So as of recording this, I'm just going to type in podcasting on Google. Oh, it's actually, yeah, in between all and images and it's giving me news. So right now, just looking at the top headlines for podcasting as of recording this, uh, the, and these are trends. Facebook pulls the plug on podcast business after a year. Uh, that looks like similar across the board here. Uh, from The Verge, a popular tech uh, website, they say Facebook is shutting down its podcast platform after less than a year. So I could, if I was spotting trends, which I am doing live, I could spot the trend that if I looked overall, we've seen Facebook, and here is how I'm using trends, literally on the spot, no planning to share this with you uh, and sharing my thought process out loud. So if we look, you know, we know Facebook, face, or if you, if you don't know, I know this because I, I study this and this is my industry, but Facebook is always changing stuff. They're always trying to stay on the cutting edge. That's why they have this meta thing, which I don't hear anybody. I hear like one out of every 10 people actually call it meta, but I guess it's meta, but even the news headlines called it Facebook. We're supposed to call it meta. No one wants to catch on to the name meta, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, or maybe Facebook's the name's staying the same and it's just meta is the parent company. I don't really know a tra transition period. Uh, but I would look, you know, looking longer term uh, in the past, longer, longer snapshot, Facebook's always changing stuff and they start and they stop stuff. And when they started podcasts on Facebook podcasts, I was hesitant. I don't even, I think I might've signed up. I don't remember if I did sign up or not because I just didn't trust it. I, I have very low trust. I know public across the board has very low trust of Facebook. Um, and I, I do too, because they're starting and stopping stuff all the time. Google is another one. They start apps and then they stop apps. Uh, they have a couple, you know, solid ones like Gmail or Google Docs or Google Sheets, um, G Suite, you know, um, there's a couple solid Google ones, but they have started and stopped apps. If they buy an app, which they've done in the past, it's like people in the tech world kind of look at that like, hey, it, this app is probably going to get killed and it will stop being used because Google will just stop developing it. Uh, and that happens across the board and Facebook does that too. So um, I felt hesitant anyways when Facebook started that thing because people don't typically associate Facebook and podcasting. On the flip side, when it comes to trends, I did see in the news about, uh, I think it's a couple weeks ago now, that YouTube and Google, uh, Google owns YouTube. YouTube is going to be diving more into podcasts and making, uh, I believe, a podcast section of sorts. So they're going to be going more into podcasts. What will that mean for podcasting? Well, here comes a prediction, as I just showed you about. <laughs> um, what does that mean for podcasts? I would say that uh, I have uh, a little bit more trust with, with YouTube and Google than I did with Facebook uh, because Google... Uh, YouTube, you know, there's already Google podcasts, but Google podcasts isn't that great. Like the review rating thing isn't that great on there. Uh, it's just not as polished as like Apple podcast or Spotify. So my trust is a little low. And like I mentioned just a minute ago, Google will kill stuff. They'll start and stop stuff all the time. And that's not their bread and butter. YouTube is, but I would be, you know, cautiously optimistic with YouTube diving into it because people already use YouTube to listen to podcasts. They already consume podcasts on YouTube. 
So it makes a natural extension if they had a audio only version or something like that, um, where podcasters could upload that. That makes total sense. Am I going to put all my chips in there and that's going to be the only thing I do? No, I'll be smart about it. But we're talking about trends right now for your content. And I just wanted to give you an example of real time. So Google News is a great way to find those literally in the moment trends uh, and then draw predictions and, and long term, a, a bit of a long term snapshot at it. And then lastly, and this is the most important tip I could possibly give you to finding trends for your content. And this is what I do. And this is how I have pivoted to uh, refine and grow an audience. Um, and this is if the secret sauce of anything I do is I listen to my clients and my audience and my sole goal especially in the beginning when I was first starting digital podcaster is stay closely aligned with anybody who comes in contact with me. I can draw ideas and conclusions from Google news. I can observe my competition, but there are people like you, like you literally listening to this. If you consume my content, if you hear my words, my goal is to stay closely aligned with you on some level because you come to me for something that I don't always necessarily know. Like I, it's hard for me to take a third person perspective on why someone might listen to me and how I actually get solid data on why someone might listen to me is the feedback that they give me. Like they go, I really liked when you talked about this, for example, uh, I really like personal growth stuff. I really like, you know, self-help. I don't know if that term feels weird, but I like personal growth stuff because I, I, I worked through all that stuff and digital podcasters like going to the gym of sorts sometimes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I at times I felt like I don't know if I should be talking about this thing because podcasting and, and personal growth stuff I don't really see. I don't really have um, that I'm aware of in this very moment of someone directly doing exactly what I'm doing. And one of the ways I'm able to innovate and Staying on the cutting edge of this stuff is by saying what's true to me. But I do that because I get the feedback of Dylan. I like when you, if you only talked about podcast stuff and you didn't include that personal growth stuff, it'd be boring or it'd not be boring. They actually haven't heard that word, but they just say like they would actually stop listening, which I guess is worse. Um, <laughs> and I've heard those words too. If, if I didn't talk about like the inner work stuff, they'd be like, ah, but people share with me. I like the inner work stuff and I like the podcasting stuff and great because that's what I love too. So there's a match here. There's other people who are just like, what microphone is the best? And I'll be like, okay, well, it's just this microphone. But I know that the real issue isn't like why they haven't published yet isn't the microphone. And I just like getting to the heart of the matter. Is it the best all the time? No, not uh, honestly, probably not. I probably could use a little bit more microphone gear talk, but I, this stuff gets a little boring because to me, it's, it's the real draw of life and the real juice of life is like, talking about the stuff that's going on inside, not in an emotional heavy way, but in like a, how can we make something known that maybe was previously unknown and then improve upon it, but also improve like our content and all that stuff. Cause I think great content and finding trends is all about an inner game. And the better you get at the inner game, the better you get at uh, spotting things before people see that they're happening or it, um, before uh, um, they catch on, I guess. And it looks like, you know, because it's true to you, what you're sharing is true to you. People uh, identify with it and they relate with it and it makes for better content. So there's one thing of finding trends for your content just for the sake of finding trends. And then there's also uh, another 
level to that is, you know, staying authentic to what you share and, um, and growing because you're not talking to just anybody in the world. You're talking to a specific person. And the reason why, if you're listening to this right now, the reason why this sounds like I might be talking specifically to you is because I talk with so many clients and people in my audience that I get better at talking uh, to like a specific person. I don't exactly know, you know, what you look like, but whatever, you know, your essence, your, this is going to sound really deep for a second. Well, it's probably all sounded deep. It's going to sound strange for a second, but you know, your spirit, whatever it is that I'm talking to, I get that because, um, or I, I can talk to that part of you because I spend so much time every day interacting with clients, customers, um, audience. And that's the only way I'm able to stay on the cutting edge. And honestly, sometimes I feel like I'm uh, a bit far on the cutting edge that uh, I might, you know, lose somebody or something. Cause they just are like, this is, uh, doesn't exactly make sense, but I don't really try to give that too much thought. I try to just, uh, do my best to stay in a conversation, uh, and then, you know, look at competition or think longer term, like, where do I want this to go? Because once you become an expert or authority, then people are looking at you for kind of driving the ship a little bit more. So I think it's important to note that too. And if you were, um, in charge of innovating and finding trends and all that stuff, what would you do? You would make calculated smart decisions based on feedback you hear from your audience and news around your circle. You wouldn't make it an isolated, I'm thinking for myself. I don't talk to anyone. I don't consult with anybody. You wouldn't make that. That wouldn't be a smart decision. So um, yeah, I hope these tips helped you. And my, my goal, my challenge for you today is how can you stay closer with your clients, with your customers, with your audience, and what questions can you ask them in a way that draws the most important information from them. And typically this is asking them what their biggest obstacle or problem is. And then like shutting up and then being quiet because you want them to do the talking. There's a time when you're making content that you're doing the talking, but when you're interacting with your audience, it's the time where you want to be listening and you want to, you want to nail that. And the better you nail the listening part of it, of being able to just hear what they're saying the better your content will be and the more trends you will spot because you go, oh, I realized the last five people I talked to all had this common thread amongst them all about this one thing. Hmm, Maybe I should talk about it. And then you talk about that and they go, get out of my head. How'd you know that? I'm like, well, I just saw like five people just told me that same thing. And I'm just relaying that information, Uh, not necessarily having to, um, you know, be Elon Musk with that um, as controversial as he is right now. All right. I hope you are having a great day. Remember, Ask your questions to your audience. Ask questions. Open-ended questions are completely fine. And listen. And do your best to just be quiet, but get them talking, get them typing, get them giving you... It doesn't have to be necessarily directly feedback to you, but just what it is about your thing. For podcasting, it is, you know, what is the struggles of podcasting? What are the things you like about podcasting? Because I got my own list, but I want to hear your list. So uh, if you are listening to this, I would be curious to know too. Let's, this would be an example. Email hello at digitalpodcaster.com. What, uh, if you're, you're considering podcasting, you know, what do you love about podcasting? What do you dislike about podcasting? If you are emailing me and this is not the month of May 2022, just let me know that this is the episode you're referring to. Uh, so there's a little bit of context 
And <laughs> so I don't go, what? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I, I'll pick it up right away, but you know, what I, you know what I mean, if you're listening to this. Uh, but I would love to hear your feedback on, you know, what obstacle or what struggles or, you know, what, what do you love what, and what do you dislike about podcasting? Let me know. Hello at digitalpodcaster.com. And then again, ask your clients, customers, your audience, and get really good at listening. Get really good at getting them to open up. And I promise you, you'll spot so many trends. You'll have, you'll struggle with time to get it out. Have a great day. I will talk with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.